0: Mm-hmm. Always does. And I think many of us do take time to look at ourselves and make commitments and those resolutions for what we consider a better life. You know, we, we need to always be striving to make our lives better, not just for our health or uh, our physical reasons, but also our spiritual lives. That's right. We need right. to always be striving mm-hmm. to be more Christ like. Amen. So we kind of Mm-hmm. I, I love everything about nature. I really do. And when you look at something like that, you think, my goodness, how long am going to tie into a leg? But you know what, officers do? Is they get rid of that old hard, protective shell that they've had through you. And we're kind of like that. You know, when we go through life, and as we advance and as we get older, sometimes we put on those hard, protective shells. And and we need to get shed those things sometimes. And we need to have a new leaf on life. And like I said, the process of shedding the old shell like that is called molting. And again, like I said, they do that 25 times during the first five years of their life. And then once a year, for, for after their dull life, it continues that until they are eaten on likely. But under the pressure of the old and that hard uh, protective shell, it cracks. And, and then after it cracks, that lobster lays on its side just like it does, flexes those muscles, and then all of a sudden, it pops out of that old, hard, protective shell. But when it pops out of that old shell, it comes out in a new shell. And it, it is kind of naked because that old hard shell is soft. Now then, it's soft, and it's kind of unprotected. So it's, you know, kind of, uh, it's vulnerable to the environment. And, you know, when we do those things, we become, we let ourselves soften ourselves. We kind of throw that old hard shell off of ourselves. We become vulnerable to them. But, you know, we need to allow ourselves to become just a little bit vulnerable in Christ. And since we are like those lobsters, you know, our growth into Christ's likeness requires us to get rid of that old heart-protective uh, shell to allow God to take us to a new place with Him. And that's what our desire, hopefully, in our Christian walk and our Christian life is. And New Year's, I think, is just as good a time as any for us to do those things, like, to allow that example of that adult lobster to molt at least once a year leaving that old heart-protective shell Behind and allowing ourselves a new sense of vulnerability and room to go, to grow. We we need to grow. You know, we hopefully we have never reached a point where we never grow again. Mm-hmm. I think your brother Ken's 80 years old, and hopefully he's still growing every day in Christ. I know he is. Yes, he is. I'm 60 years old. Hopefully, I'll never never reach that. Perfection, what I would call perfection, because I know what I have. I've got a lot to learn. I've got a lot to grow in Christ, because I will not be like Christ-like until I get in that glorified body. It just won't happen. So anyway, in our scripture this evening, Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and give us some direction on how a Christian should live our lives. And as we follow these guidelines that he gives us here in Ephesians uh, for living, not only for our physical lives, but also for the flourish in our spiritual lives as well. And by doing that, which when we flourish in our spiritual lives, that brings us into a closer relationship with God. So look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, verse now read 15 to 17. And i read reading that out there. It Be very careful, then, how you live. Not as unwise. Some versions say fools. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because of the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. As the prayer. Lord, we do love you tonight. We thank you again for who you are to us. I thank you for your word. And I pray that tonight, Lord, that we will extract from you what you have us to give. And God, that you'll just live in our lives as uh, you mean for us to live. God, you will uh, lead the direction in our lives. And God, will always seek to live in your will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So what is verse 15 says, So be careful. you live and again i said like one said do not live like the unwise or like the fool but like those who are wise 16 said again make the very most opportunity in these evil days we're living some pretty evil days don't we live Living some very evil days and it's sad that we have to live in these days but they're here and so what we're going to have to do is just look at these scriptures tonight i think they will tell us how to live wisely you know the first thing it says is that we ought to live wise. How do we live wise? You know that's, that's sometimes easier said than done. Well, let me give you just an example of uh, some kids here. You know wisdom comes sometimes in strange places, doesn't it? From strange ways. Have you ever heard out of mouths of babes? You've heard that. I mean, I've, I've heard some stuff my children tell me. It's something that me stop and think pretty seriously sometimes. But let me give you two examples of some children. Patrick, age ten, said, "Never trust your dog to watch your food." Was. Michael said, when well, your dad is mad and asks you, do I look stupid? Don't answer. <laughs> smart. Michael also said, never tell your mom or die, it's not working. <laughs> Randy, age nine, said, uh, stay away from prunes. Now, I have to wonder how he came to that little bit of wisdom. But all the uh, lovers stay away from prunes. I could just about imagine because I've had a lot like me. Naomi, 15, said, if you want a kitten, start out by asking for a horse. <laughs> it was good. Georgie, age 9, said, never hold a vest buster in a cat at the same time. <laughs> Joel, 10 years old, said, don't pick, it, pick on your sister when she's holding a baseball bat. <laughs> that was probably a pretty hard lesson learned. But... Anyway, I mean, age 8, said, never try to baptize a cat. So these are pretty good words of wisdom. Like I said, they come sometimes from some of the most uh, innocent of ways and places. But words of wisdom are really important in our lives. And sometimes those words of wisdom come from just like children. They come from pastors. They come from friends. And we need to be able to discern and listen to those words of wisdom and hopefully live our lives accordingly. And some true wisdom, if I've ever heard of it, is from the scripture right here. That's our, that's our handbook for life, This right it? Right here is the scripture of our handbook for life. And Paul says that we need to have the ability to discern or judge what is true, right, and lasting. Now I give with the definition of wisdom, and that's exactly what that says. We are to discern, discern, or judge what is true, right, or lasting. Paul says that we are to live by what we know as truth. This is truth. But you want the world to tell I want to tell you there is no truth. There is no absolute truth. That's what the world is telling our kids today. That's what it's telling our youth. What it's telling us, essentially, trying to.
1: That everything is up to
0: the individual and that what is true for one person is not necessarily true for the other. And it's called relativism. Milit- milit- you heard that word. I'm sure you have. It's pretty popular in this day and age. I go with that word also. And this is what it says about relativism. It's a concept that points of view have no absolute truth or validity, having only relative subjective value according to the differences in perception and consideration. In other words, there is no absolute truth in both of this. Paul writes that fools believe that there is no truth. you know that? True wisdom is knowing that there are absolute truths in our world. In, our, in our Lord. John 14, 6, 7, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, truth and the life. Exactly. No one can come to the Father except through me. So if we are to live wisely in this new year, and, and that's our goal here this sermon, is that we live wisely in this new year, the first thing we must do is realize that there is truth and that the ultimate truth is Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 And you know Christ, God Himself, came to this earth to become payment for our sins, and that's the ultimate truth. Yes. That is the ultimate truth. Yes. And if we are to live wisely in 2016, we need to realize that what the writer of Psalms 9:10 says. He says, "Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment." Fear the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about. The fear sometimes we think of, this paralyzing, uh, trembling fear that we think about when we fear. Now, I will say this we do need to fear the judgment of God in that regard. But the fear I am talking about is the awe and and the respect for God and for who He is. That's the fear that we need to have for God. We can't have knowledge and therefore wisdom until we realize or recognize the most fundamental truth about our world. Did you know that our world, God created, this it is in His creation? We're all telling you, you know, they tell us to God didn't create this world. evolution did. But the main truth about that is that God didn't create this world. It is truth. It is His creation. Only fools say there is no God and that they are, that we're just here by chance. That's the foolish stuff. The world is God's creation. Paul, that's... Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. Live like those who are wise. Live in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and know His teachings. And if we do that, we will surely live wisely this year. Now, not only does that scripture tell us that we need to live live wisely, we're also to live by making the most of every opportunity this year. Can you imagine the missed opportunities that we've had over the last year? The opportunities that God has given us maybe to speak to someone or just just an opportunity to to, to serve, and we just missed that opportunity. You know, we need to strive to live every and and endure and enjoy every opportunity that God gives us. We need to be looking, not just ask for, but we need to expect that God will give us these opportunities in service to Him. Verse 16 says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. You know, we should make the most of every opportunity because Life is very, very short. I'm 60 years old. Ken's eighty years old, and I bet he can look back and it seems like it's just like that. I can look back at my life and I think, well I can look back at my life and I think, my goodness, my kids were like this and now therefore once 40 years old almost, you know. Time flies. It really does. Life is very, very short. A man went to the doctor to find out why he'd been having such severe headaches. The doctor ran several tests. After several hours, he called man in the office. He said, Man, I have terrible news for you. And he told me, He said, uh, Your condition is terminal. He said, Oh, no. How much time do I got? The doctor says, Ten. He said, What? Ten days? Ten months? Ten years? Nine. Eight. Seven. <laughs> six. Well, time can be very short. Time can, we don't know how many days we have on this earth. We really don't. Well the psalmist wrote in Sir 39, 4, he said, Show me, O oh Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. Life is very fleeting. And it's it sad in it a sense. I enjoy being on this earth. I enjoy being here. That's my real problem with I enjoy being here. I enjoyed my life. I enjoyed enjoy my, enjoy my family, my wife. But the older I get, I'll be with you, the more I look forward to be able to run home. You know, but the older I get, the more I... And I can understand when I walk into the hospital room and someone says, right, well, I'm just tired and I'm ready to go home. And they're not talking about that kid at home. They're talking about that baby. And the older I get, the more I understand that I really do. From the length of our days, 9 times, 90, 10, said the length of our days is seven years or 80 if we have the strength that quickly pass and we fly away. Some of us have been very fortunate to live longer than those days. But you know what? There are some that don't live to see a lot of day. We don't know how long we're promised here on this earth. Our time is short. And we must live with some urgency. Did you know that? And there's every an opportunity. When some God sends an opportunity your way, you need to. I'm a firm believer, and I've told you this before in other messages, that I truly believe that you are the only one that can reach certain people in your service. If you don't do it, no one will. If you miss that opportunity, I know Charlie's dad, 81 years old, he got saved. He was one of mine in my circle. And if I had not said a thing to him on that Sunday morning, which will have preached a wonderful message, perfect for what, and I knew God was dealing with it, but I didn't have to say a word to him. And if I hadn't, what a missed opportunity. Because he would have hardened his heart and he never had another opportunity. We don't love that we we'll take every opportunity that we have because life is short, our time is short. So we must do everything with urgency and take advantage of the opportunities that God gives us. And He gives us many. He really does. And Paul's a perfect example, I think, of, of, of making the most of his opportunities. I mean, he would preach at the drop of a hat. Yep. If if someone would listen to him man, he would he would he would, would spout messages to him. he would scripture. I mean, he took time to witness to anyone and everyone that would listen to him. He took every opportunity that he had. And everywhere he went, there was a church left behind to carry on his work. That's pretty amazing when you think about that. The continuation of the faith. And he was constantly concerned about the welfare of others. You know, that's what our life, the Christian life, is all about. It's about service. It's not about you and me. It's not about what we can do for ourselves. It's about what we can do and what we do for God—that's what life is all about. And again, the older I get, the more I realize that. Because we are to be selfish with the Scriptures; we aren't to be selfish with Christ. I mean, I'm most so thankful that God saved me. But I'm going to tell you what i to share Him with everybody and anybody that I can share Him with, if I want them to have the same rewards in heaven that I have. And just like Paul, we should live an opportunistic life. We really should. And we should be expecting God to give us opportunities of service. We should be looking for every opportunity to better ourselves and to serve God in twenty sixteen. It's a new year. Think about that. Pray about that. Paul says to make the most of our opportunities and we are given only so many years here to serve the Lord. And we should seize every opportunity. I, I was talking actually it was Angie and I were talking just here some time ago. We were kind of talking about some of the things, situations in our lives and uh, again, a lot of our conversations, mine and Charlie's, around hunting things. Now, when you go in the woods, we sit along. You know, we don't sit around and talk with each other, but it's kind of my long time with God. Give me a lot of time to think. And I'm sure Anthony, Charlie, anybody that hunts, knows in the woods, kind of knows that, or even does any kind of sport. Sometimes I sit you a long time with God. Sometimes we have some pretty deep conversations, don't we, Pretty deep. Probably deeper than what we should even talk about, because sometimes I'm around. But, you know, God, we were talking about how God opens, or people, we open doors. Sometimes we, man, or ourselves, open some doors. And sometimes God graciously closes some doors. And I can remember when I, was about, when I was in my early 20s, had an opportunity to go out to West Texas. I mean, <laughs> barren land, let me tell you. And I, thought I, was, I was with the oil companies back in the 70s, and I thought, man, I've got it. Well, even then, I didn't realize I was having some back problems. they this next week, when you're and you're not good to go. Because that jar in them trucks, he said, you're going to have some problems. Which I'd missed a little sooner might have been something little different. But you know what? It closed the door. Two years later, everybody that went out here came back because they had that oil crunch similar to what they're going through right now. Losing jobs. I would have been a job. I never missed a day of work where I was at unless I wanted to. You know that So God has his stuff to take care of me when I did His stuff to take care of myself. But sometimes god closes those doors but sometimes god opens doors and you need to walk through them because we're just as responsible for not walking through as we, are if we try to force our way through and if god open the door for you you need to walk through you need to take that opportunity to do that you know and he said the doors will open for a person to step through all the time but if i trust god this is what anthony said and pray for his guidance And if we are not supposed to walk through that, God will close it. That's what Anthony told me. And he's had a few doors closed. He's had some open to But Paul writes that we are to seize the opportunity to walk through the doors that God wants us to walk through. So be ready to serve God at every opportunity that he gives you. And sometimes it may not be. You know, there's a lot of things that go through in this church. And there's some guys here that do a lot of things behind the scenes. And you don't even know they get done. But you know, God knows they do. Amen. God knows they do. There's some great men that spend a lot of time here doing a lot of things that, you know, a lot of people just probably wouldn't want to do what they do. And I'm appreciative of that. God knows that. But it's their way of service. That's their way of giving back. And God knows that. Those are doors that God opened for them because they're, they're not preachers. They may not be teachers, but they have a way of serving God. And the door that was open, they walked through it, and every one everyone will tell you, they're thrilled to be able to do what they do for God's service. And, you know, we need to be ready to serve God at every opportunity that it gives us. And we have a church. You know, we are always in a church embarking on a quest to capture God's vision for this church. Will does that every year when he goes off and does his planning, takes a slope sabbatical. And you know what? I appreciate that he does that. Amen. Because, you know, he's, he's our shepherd. And we have to trust him, and he's the man that God has called for this job, and he does it very humbly, I not add. He doesn't like somebody saying something about him, and I know that, but God, well, I know he's a godly man. I work with him every day. He walks the walk, and he talks the talk, and I'm thankful that God brought him our way, uh, because I'm going to tell you, he's, he is a great shepherd, and he is very intent to what God wants for him and for the direction of this church. So we're always embarking on a quest to capture God's vision for a church. And we can expect that God will give us opportunities as we go through this progress, process. Both as a church and as individuals. There's going to be a lot of opportunities coming up in the next year for you guys to serve. So we need to take advantage of those opportunities so we can grow God's kingdom here in 2016 at Kinellon Church. And we as a church, that you individually should resolve this day, today, and make a promise to yourself and to God. That you know that the first week of twenty sixteen, we'll walk through those doors that God so graciously opens for us. So we'll seize the opportunities that God gives us. There's an old hymn written back in the 1890s, and you know the title it is time, it's called I Am Resolved. But I want you to listen to the third verse. It says, I am resolved to follow the Savior, faithful and true each day. Heed what he saith, do what he willeth. He is. The live way. what? You now he should. We should follow Christ. We should follow the Savior Jesus Christ and make the most of every opportunity that God gives us. Now, not only are we to live wisely and to take advantage and uh, make it the most of the opportunity that God gives us, but also to live in God's will. Uh, verse seventeen says, "Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't think thoughtlessly." I'm going to tell you, I'll be honest with you. I've done some foolish things in my life. Things that I knew I shouldn't have done. And I've acted foolishly. Probably probably everyone, be honest with yourself, everyone else probably has. Nobody's immune from that. But you know, we need to understand what God wants you to do, what He wants me to do. I fought God's will for a long time. I can tell you that. And I really thought I was happy. I thought I was doing everything I needed to do. Truth was, I was miserable. And I've never been happier in my life Big difference. Big difference. Not to think that you're doing the right thing and no, you're doing the right thing. And what does that mean? That we live in God's will. And I almost hear your thoughts, you know, Ray, how do we know? How do we know what God's will is? And you know, that's easy to do, Pastor, but, you know, it's, it's easy to say, it, but hard to do. Well, let me ask you, let me answer, your, with the question, answer you with a question. with you question. Are you listening? Are you listening? You know, I, again, when I thought I was doing everything that I should have been doing, God had to put me on my back, literally flat on my back, to get my attention. And maybe I was listening then. I was listening then. Don't let God put you on your back. And back when the telegraph was the fastest method of long-distance communication, a young man went and applied for a job as a Morse code operator. And answering the ad in the newspaper, he went to the office and the address that was listed. And when he arrived, he entered a very large, busy, loud office. Telegraphs going in the back, a bunch of people talking. Just a lot of background noise. And a the receptionist counter instructed job applicants to fill out the form and wait until they were summoned to come into the inner office. Well this young man did just that. he got out the phone, went out and sat in the waiting room, seven other applicants out there with him. And they say that the young man who went to the office, uh, and these people that were all in, all those people were equally qualified, we're going to get this job, but you know, everyone who got their first, but the one who got there first the assume he'd be the first one called in. Well, this young man goes and he sits in and he sits there for a little bit. And after a few minutes he gets up and he walks straight into that office, in an inner office, well, these other guys are looking around and think jumping in front of the line he didn't hear it we didn't hear anybody call we didn't hear anybody say anything a few minutes later the employer came out and said fellas we filled that application don't worry about you, you can go home now well one of them said what do you mean you filled that application he said he was here last and we didn't get a chance to interview
1: he said what you don't
0: know is he says but the whole time that you've been sitting here that telegraph has been taking out the following message in morse code if you understand this message, then come right in the job, is yours. <laughs> he said, none of you heard it or understood it. This young man has than been hired. So, it comes down to less than does. You know, we live in a world that's full of business. I, I, you know, me and I go back to when I'm sitting in the woods, you get there early in the morning before daylight, it's so quiet. I mean, you can hear trucks driving on the highway three miles off somewhere, you know. But the, but the later of the day, the noise level gets a, it's so low. You can't only hear something stepping in the woods behind you at some point because it gets so loud and noisy. And this world is full of busyness, It's full of clatter. And like that office, people get very distracted and able to hear that still, small voice sometimes that God speaks to us in. Sometimes it's not a very loud, audible voice. Now, I know when God touches the heart, He's speaking to us through the Holy Spirit. But sometimes it's not a loud voice. It's a very still, quiet voice. So let me ask you, do you hear him when he speaks? Do you hear him when he calls? Are you listening? Because I'm going to tell you, we have to tune out the clatter that's all around us, that's going all about. Because God speaks to us in a lot of ways. God will speak to us through sermons. We've got three sermons preach here every week. Speak to us through sermons. God will speak to us through our Bible study lessons. He'll speak to us through our praise and worship. He'll speak to us through the Holy Spirit that resides inside of us as Christians that know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And He'll speak to us when we're quiet and along with Him. And we're really listening for Him. That's what counts when we're really listening. And we tune out all the other clutter and all the other clutter of life and should to listen. God will speak. I promise. There was a Native American that was walking in the downtown land Manhattan Middle of New York City walking near Times Square in Manhattan.
1: And him and his friend
0: were walking down there. I mean, it was, you know, if you've ever been in a large city particularly New York, I haven't, but I've heard it on TV. You can hear just from someone interview or someone's trying to do an interview out there. It's loud, it's noisy. People talking, clamoring all over the place. Taxi cabs honking horns, sirens were going off. Uh, it, just, it was just, it just, just annoying. I mean, you, you couldn't hear yourself think. And suddenly this Native American stopped and he says, I think I hear a cricket. And his buddy says, Yeah, are kidding me? He said, there's this no way. He said, you're crazy. There's no possible way you can hear cricket and all this noise. He says, no, I'm sure I do. guy said, no, you're crazy. He said, no, I hear a cricket. So he stops, he sits there a few minutes. And he walks across the street. There's a concrete planter over there. So he looks down in that planter and he's going through those leaves and he sure enough, there's a cricket. He said, you was that super human either. Nah, I don't have the ears any different what you are. He said, just, you just got to know what you're listening for. He said, nah, he said, there's just no way. He said, you know what, I'll show you something. He said, just stand right here for a minute. People going all over the place. Lord, the sight noises, sirens. He takes out coins and he goes. Everybody within like 20 feet stops. And looks to see if that's their money that's been dropped in. And he says all what you listen for. It all comes down to what you listen for. No, <coughs> well, it doesn't matter if we don't pay attention to what God says. Nothing, nothing else is important. So I pray my prayer for you this year, and for myself that this year that you know we live wisely, that we that we live making the most of every opportunity that God gives us, and then you know that. Uh, We listen for that small, still voice of God. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you.